is Friday, August 13th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone has had a good week, is getting ready for the weekend, and enjoyed our discussion yesterday as I spoke with Matei Sist of 24-7 Sports Virginia tech site vtscoop.com. Before we start, I wanted to remind everyone that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to see your comments and are so thankful for any feedback if you want us to cover a topic we haven't already, or if we haven't hit your favorite team yet as we preview all the Power 5 schools and some group of fives as well this offseason on the College Football Daily, but with only a handful of schools left, my guess is there's a good chance we may have hit your school previously. Of course, if we have already covered your favorite team, as I mentioned, and you missed it or you want to listen back, don't worry. We've all the episodes for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily, and listen as we preview your favorite program. As mentioned yesterday, we have almost reached our goal of previewing all Power 5 schools this offseason on the College Football Daily. Only a handful left, and we are going to chip into the remaining teams today as we preview the Cal Bears. Joining me to talk about the program is the man leading it, head coach Justin Wilcox. Coach, how we doing? Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, Coach, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think at times the offense struggled a little bit last season. And while the stats might not paint your offense in the best light, there are obviously a multitude of reasons for why those struggles last year happened. Look, Bill Musgrave was brought in a few months before the pandemic. He didn't have a full offseason to work with Chase Garbers and install the whole offense as he normally would. Where is your offense now, let's say, compared to the end of last year? as obviously you have now had a full off season to work with coach Musgrave and chase have been able to work together. Do you like where you currently sit or is there still work to be done before you open up against Nevada in less than a month? Yeah, I, I do like where we currently sit. Uh, we still have uh, a lot of room for improvement, but that's really everywhere on our team, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams, each position, that's kind of the nature of our game. It was a unique set of circumstances for everyone last year, uh, including us, here at Cal and uh, having some new faces and new system and kind of the lead up to the season was different. We didn't probably perform as well as we would have all liked. However, the off season was very productive for us. Spring ball, you know, summer workouts, this fall camp, we feel like we've certainly settled into a better rhythm as a team uh, and then on offense and defense. And I think getting familiar with the language, learning the terms, guys getting practice reps, which are just golden, that gives you a chance to improve. And so that's what we expect from, from our, our players in our offense. And I think uh, we're well on our way. And I think we're significantly further ahead than we were at uh, this time last year. And look, I mean, it was only a four game season. So the sample size was just so small compared to obviously what a normal 12 game season is. Could you even, I guess, take anything away from the offensive performance at all last year? Because like you said, there were so many changes before the season, then COVID hits. Could you even take away anything from it? Or is it just kind yeah. of like uh, in the past? No, I mean, we, we absolutely can. I mean, there was, again, the circumstances were unique. And there was a couple of games where we were, you know, nearly uh, without nearly all of our ones at the offensive line, for example. But I thought the players uh, got some really valuable reps. I mean, uh, there's some great moments, especially in Oregon State, we had a Played really dang good for a, for the first half and didn't quite finish it like we wanted to. And then uh, Stanford, you know, we had some good moments in the Stanford game. We had some good moments in the Oregon game offensively, put together a couple great drives. And so, yeah, there, it, it wasn't all lost. It just, uh, you know, the consistency that it takes to play at a high level on either side of the ball, we weren't 
quite there. And so uh, that's what this offseason has been about. And I think guys were obviously disappointed in some of our performance last year, but nobody was discouraged. I thought we came back in the offseason and winter workouts and had you know, really, really good winter and same with spring football. So I think that's uh, carried over into fall camp. And just away from the offense real quick, how much more fun has this just offseason been for you? I mean, obviously last offseason couldn't have been fun at all. I know it wasn't fun for us fans, obviously, but I'm sure just for you, just having, you know, spring, you know, having winter workouts. I mean, I'm sure it's just so much more fun for you as a coach and for your whole staff to be able to have some sort of normalcy going into this season. You know, for us who get to coach and play college football and for others who were, you know, had things taken away from them last year. I mean, we're all just glad to be back doing what we love doing. Like, just like you said, you're you're glad to be back talking football. And, and so we're no different. And we're thankful to be back together, you know, in our facility. And I think, you know, you, obviously two years ago, we couldn't fathom not being able to use the locker room or not being able to eat together or have meetings in person. I mean, nobody would ever even thought that was uh, at risk. And so going through last year and, and uh, kind of learning those lessons and then coming back, it's just, it's so nice to be in person and have meetings and uh, eating together and having practice with a full team and not just, you know, 75 players. So all those things, uh, I guess, gave us a better perspective on what we get to do. And it's crazy how much a year changes, right? I think it was today, last year. I'm a Big Ten alum. I went to Rutgers, and obviously you coach in the Pac-12. I think it was this time, this day, last year, August 11th, that the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced that they were canceling the season. So it's crazy how much has gone on in the past year to where we're speaking right now, looking forward to hopefully what will be a full season. So I want to move now to the defense. You bring back a lot of talent, right? Specifically at linebacker and in the secondary. On the defensive line, however, you are younger less experience returning there. Look, I know it's still early in camp, but who stood out to you so far from that group? You know, what's been your message to the to those guys? Because like I said, younger players coming back for you on the defensive line compared to the experience that you do have in the back half of the defense. You know, uh, the guys coming back, J.H. Tevis, uh, who played quite a bit for us last year, has become kind of the spokesperson for the group. He's done a great job. Luke Beckett, who was here, and then around this time last year, ended up transferring so he could try to play his senior year, and now he's back with us. Uh, I went to Boston College and came back. Luke provides a, a lot of leadership and maturity in that group as well. And then you got a lot of younger guys, you know, Stanley McKenzie and Ricky Correa and uh, Keeley and uh, I mean, I'm going to miss some guys, but there's just a number of younger players who I think are ready to to step up and take some meaningful reps. And they're going to have to, you know, we're, we're going to be without Brett Johnson, who's a very, very good player and uh, a guy that's played a lot of great football for us. And so there's going to be guys that are going to be asked to provide reps and whether that's playing 40 or 50 or maybe 10, you know, that'll be determined. But I really like the energy, the, the uh, physicality of that group's been apparent in this fall camp. And again, I think, you know, between Stanley and and Ricky Correa, uh, both those guys have flashed. I mean, I can get out my roster and go through and I can <laughs> kind of go through each and uh, each of those young guys and just talk about some of the, the steps that they've made, you know, in their development. A couple of them coming off of injury as well. But uh, yeah, really eager to watch those guys continue to battle through camp. And it's probably going to be a committee. Regarding that back half of the defense, the linebackers and the secondary, like I said, obviously a lot more returning experience coming back in those units 
are you going to, I guess, lean heavily or more heavily on those units to kind of round the defense up as a whole because the defensive line doesn't have the experience that they do? You know, how are we going to kind of balance leaning on them while also obviously needing the defensive line to do their job? Yeah. You know, in theory that it sounds good, you know, we'll put the pressure on the, the older <laughs> on guys, the older players, yep. Cam Good and, and Coyne and Elijah, Josh Drayden, you know, let's put the pressure on them. However, the defensive line just plays such a critical role. You can't discount them. We're not playing seven on seven. So it does take everybody. We do have high hopes for a lot of those veteran guys that are coming back, the two outside linebackers, and even the guys behind them, we feel really good about. Uh, Cam Good is primed as his coined ink for a big year. Uh, the inside linebacker position is still taking shape. You know, the safety position, Elijah has done a great job, but we got some other safeties that have done a really good job thus far in camp. And, and uh, the corner position, with Josh and, you know, Chiggy calling Gamble. Uh, there's just, an, and there's some other guys in there as well that are creating some competition. So we have more bodies than we've had in the past that are making it more competitive, but it's going to take everybody. I mean, it takes the front, you know, it takes the backers, takes the secondary. And we are looking forward to some of those, you know, newer, younger guys uh, making it competitive and, and creating some opportunities for themselves through their practice. So I want to take a look big picture now. And I mentioned before how much changes in the span of a year, but unfortunately COVID is still a, a factor in our country, right? The plan is to play all 12 games, but like I said, COVID still circulating throughout really each state and it could still play a factor in this upcoming season. What's been the message to your team about, you know, still being careful and doing what they can to stay safe and healthy so that the coronavirus hopefully doesn't have an impact on your program this season. Just what you said, you know, uh, giving them the information we're, uh, we're nearly, as a program, we're nearly fully vaccinated as a program. And uh, we also realize there's things that are out of our control, but we want to live the right way, make sure we're reducing any risk that we can. But we are, you know, following the protocol set forth by local health officials, obviously the university. So we follow those to a T and uh, do the best that we can there. And then th there's just certain things that are going to be out of our control. So we really aren't, we're, we're not living in fear of the unknown. We are proceeding within the protocols that have been set forth by the by the administration, and uh, we're focused on just getting better. So, Coach, a couple more from me. You're still relatively young in your head coaching career, and and you're really just kind of part of a younger generation, right, of head coaches in general anyway. You know, you're not in your late 50s, 60s, early 70s. I feel like it might be easier for you to adapt compared to coaches who have been in the profession for decades now. NIL was instituted this offseason. The transfer portal really took over the last few years. I mean, look, even realignment has come back into our vocabulary because of Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC eventually and all the other dominoes that could potentially fall. From when you started at Cal in 2017 to now, how much has the job of being a head coach changed? And is it easy for you to adapt to these not small changes, these really seismic changes? Yeah, that's a great question. And I was explaining to somebody recently, I mean, uh, if you would have said, you know, the NIL, freedom of transfer, transfer portal, which kind of work together and uh, potential conference realignment, playoff expansion. I mean, any one of those in a given year at any one time would be significant. If you pack them all into, you know, just a few couple years, uh, it makes for some, some significant changes in the landscape of college football. And, you know, part of the 
job I really enjoy of being a head coach is, you know, trying to navigate those the best you can to, to benefit our team. And uh, a lot of those things are they're great. I mean, the NIL thing is, is probably overdue. And now where it lands, I, I don't know that we quite know yet. I mean, it's, it's new. Uh, there's going to be, it's going to evolve and, uh, it's, it's great to kind of be a part of this change and it is challenging. There's no doubt about it and how it affects their, you know, the, the, uh, kind of the collateral effects of any one of these things is significant. So it takes, you know, it takes us being really thoughtful and how we approach it, but, and it's, uh, kind of part of the job I enjoy is, is trying to, you know, figure those things out and, and help our program players, coaches, staff, uh, you know, improve our position. So coach last one from me, when you look at your group this season, look, obviously you have a defensive background. So the answer just might frankly be the defense, but what would you point to as your identity? You know, what are people going to see when they turn on their TVs, pack 12 after dark, whatever it might be. And they watch the cow bears play what do you, I guess, want them to see? And what do you think they will see? That's a great question. You know, for us, playing smart football, playing tough football, and really playing team football. You know, we want to be real complimentary in how we play. We, uh, we put, take a lot of pride in, in how we prepare and practice. And uh, we want to put a great product out there, not only for our fans, but we have a lot of, we have high expectations for ourselves. But, you know, I think uh, with the competition on our team and the uh, competitiveness that that creates, we should see a smart, tough football team that loves to play and plays well together, you know, and we hope that jumps off the screen when we uh, line up and kick it off in September. The head coach of the Cal Bears, Justin Wilcox. Coach, thank you so much, first and foremost, for coming on. And, and secondly, we wish you the best of luck this year um, as you take the field, I think, September 4th against Nevada in that first game. Good luck. Thanks, Lance. Go Bears. Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think, if you have any questions, any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet. For Cal Bears head coach Justin Wilcox, my name is Lance Glenn. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Trey will be back with you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.